you are now tuned in to DAR Sports Media, and we are here for the round ball roundhouse rock with some esteemed guest. Of course, we got True from the rap game and Twitter and the mogul of DAR Media. He's all over our stuff, writing articles, leading the way. We got Jeff Axel, our main NBA contributor who will be on and will be on with us for many other sports as well. And we have special guest with us tonight, writer for The Ringer. He just wrapped up an awesome piece with Steve Austin in concert with Fightful. He is Seahawk Cam Hawkins. Uh, you guys go ahead and do your thing. This is <clears throat> our NBA pod. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. We uh we got a lot to talk about, man. The NBA is uh and and I guess right in the thick of the offseason right now. The NBA draft just just went on uh I believe it was Thursday. Um and man, a lot to talk about. First things first, Cam. How you feeling? How you feeling, man? You, you, I, I mean, it's it, it sounds almost it's almost rude. You get used to it. You know what I mean? Um, <laughs> you know, there was that stretch basically from you know with ninety eight until twenty nineteen, where you know you're in the playoffs yeah. every year to the point where it got to the point probably around like oh three oh four especially since I'm like off in college, I'm barely watching regular season ball because you just expect to be there. And so yeah. you really focus in, you know, around April, May, like that's kind of the time you really kind of lock into what's going on. So, I mean, it, it feels like more the same, you know? Um, I think that the biggest difference is it's the first time we've had such a highly touted player, like our franchise specifically, who's really coming from overseas. Like, you know, Tim mm-hmm. Duncan, even though he's U.S. Virgin Islands guy, you know, he was at Wake Forest. So you got to see Fact. him up against that D1 talent. And so, you know, there are questions, um, you know, he of course he has the size, of course he has the skill. But what does it look like when you're up against the guys who have been training, you know, for this basically their whole lives and are considered the best at it? So, you know, I'm I'm optimistic, but also, you know, I've been spoiled the last 20 years. So I'm not, you know, if it don't work out, it don't work out. But if it does, I mean, you know. Is it's more the same? It'll be good. Facts, facts. I, 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 I will say, <clears throat> San Antonio just finds its way, uh, into into riches, man. Um, because I don't know if people watch the games. I know a lot of people didn't probably watch it this last year. Uh, but I watched a lot of Spurs games, and man, like, there's a lot of talent on that squad that a lot yeah. of people aren't fully aware of. So there's so many different pieces they could go with. There's guys who're gonna take that next leap, obviously too. And uh, I'm I'm excited to see you know see what they do. Uh, X X, how you feeling about um, how you feeling about everything? And I think we got we got another we got somebody else on here. I can't I can't see it. Just says, yeah. I can't I can't even see who it is. All right, what's good? Was that is that people? Yeah. Oh. Okay, people. Okay, I can't I couldn't see anything. All right, bet. All right, man. Uh, but yeah, X, how you feeling, man? How you feeling? The Spurs number one draft pick. There <laughs> oh, we go. Lord. Oh, well, Lord. man, man, man. Oh, well, about look. the Spurs, we're going to start with the Spurs real quick. Um, I like what they got with Keldon Johnson and Devin Vassell. They have okay. nice young pieces. Um, I think Vic's going to come in and have an immediate impact. I feel like um, they're going to be good probably in about like a year or two. It's not going to be a long rebuild because Popovich, he'll get the best out of Vic. And then 
with Tim Duncan being on the staff, giving good advice, I think they got a pretty bright future. And real quick to jump in, um, just talk about watching a bunch of ball. You know, the uh, the most recent game I went to was home game against Boston, as a matter of fact. And, you know, like you said, a team that's young, a team with a lot of raw talent, you know, they hung in there with Boston, you know, for most of the game. Fourth quarter kind of got away from them. Uh, but like you said, you know, you got you got hassled. I think uh, Jeremy Sochan, like really, are they going to be able to reel in what he does is what I'm curious to see. Because he's a guy who will go out and get you, you know, 20, but he'll also yeah. go out the next game and get you five. Like he's real wild. He's real raw talent. And so – is that somebody they can play next to Vic is what I'm really curious to see. Like, can they really develop him? Cause if they can, I mean, they got a pretty good front court and then, you know, you can like in this league, I feel like you can plug a guard in. Um, so, you know, we'll see. We'll see. No, I, I, I agree with you as someone who bet on Jeremy a couple times this, this last season, uh, he, he gets you 20 and I'm like, Oh man, I'm gonna bet on him get 15. And then he get eight. <laughs> and shoot three for 12 and i'm like yeah nah, i ain't doing that no more so yeah. so uh but but I, I think he has a like really high ceiling um for, for what the spurs have always done in terms of their system how they how they moved you know they, they moved the ball pretty well man I, I like still even even with these these new players so uh Pigo, how you how you feeling man how you feel about uh you know spurs number one pick their their future going forward I mean, I think as long as you got pop and a superstar or at least a superstar and waiting, you know, you got a shot pretty much anything. You, you put in whoever the hell you want around it, it's going to work <laughs> out. Um, I, I think the thing with Wimby is, and I, and a lot of people have made a lot about, obviously, is like his build and him being real skinny. He don't have the type of build where he's going to like bulk up like Giannis. But I guess from what I've like read and heard, like his parents from an early age realized how tall he was and how like yeah. ridiculously long he was going to be. They taught him how to run. They taught him how to walk. They taught him how to like use his his body so he's not hurting himself. So I think that's a pretty big advantage. I, I mean, the thing that you he could he could get by as weird as it sounds because he is crazy athletic and he's like unnaturally gifted. He could get by on a Jokic program. He doesn't really have to jump. He he can, he can shoot over everybody. He can probably rebound over everybody. He's throwing shots without, like, any type of effort. He could probably play 15, 17 years and never actually jump. He probably yeah. won't. He's, he's going to dunk on some – he's going to dunk on some folks, and it's going to be hilarious. But he just doesn't look real. But when you look at that skill set that he's got, I mean, he handles the ball and shoots like KD, except for three. I mean, but he can work on that. Um, his rebounding and the thing that nobody's really talking about, which is crazy as hell to me, his defense is incredible. He moves his feet well, he can get up, he can contest shots. They said some crazy stat in the draft that he had played like 15 less games than Gobert and had like 50 more blocks. Mm. Like that dude is a defensive monster. So if the offense don't come immediately, that defense is going to carry him at least for a little bit. You can put some, like like you said, Kelvin Johnson, that dude's good for probably as he improves. I could see him going 25-26 game. So if you can just get that dude to develop around him, if Wimby offense don't come immediately, it don't have to come because that defense is going to carry you. But once that offense starts coming and he starts getting adjusted to playing in the league, and San Antonio is going to be a problem all over again. Yeah, I agree. I agree. I mean, you're a highly touted draft pick and you're playing for Coach Pop. You're gonna have to work on defense <laughs> for sure. So yeah. um, you know, he he's already a, I guess a step or two ahead of the game. I didn't want to talk about this though. I didn't wanna didn't want to talk about this. 
But since nah, Axe jumped it. up, but it's not since Axe jumped up, we gonna we gonna go on order. Uh, Celtics made a uh, made a move or two um, in the off season. They now have Porzingis uh, on their team. Still got Mal- uh, Malcolm Brogdon on their team too, which is kind of surprising. Uh, they were trying to they were trying to ship him out to LA, and that deal fell through. Um, X, I really don't want to do this, but X, how you feeling, bro? <laughs> How you how, how, how you feeling, brother? Yeah, how you feeling? I feel great, man. I feel like honestly, I bet you it, help, do. it helps out our front court scoring. Like Al Horford wasn't even trying to look at the basket. Like he played good defense, but he wasn't taking advantage of mismatches. We were too one dimensional, chucking up a whole bunch of threes. Like not playing effective, not attacking the mid range, not attacking the paint. And I feel like Porzingis helps out balance out our roster. We got rid of a thirty eight percent shooter. Everybody's talking about heart and soul. This motherfucker, when it dies, hair green, he dies on the ground and all that. But, bro, like, <laughs> he's replaceable. Motherfucker's talking about put his jersey in the Raptors. Man, please. It's ridiculous. Okay. He's the most overrated player in Celtics history, dog. But tell, anyway. Tell us how you really feel, dude. Tell us man, how you, you really know, feel I about Marcus. I never really <laughs> like smart like that, man. Yeah. This nigga been watching saying it for three, four years. Like, get smart out of here. I don't. I don't disagree with you. What you asked, I do think Marcus Smart, for all that he does well, he got a very fraudulent Defensive Player of the Year award, and and that's just how I, uh, uh, you know, how I look at it. It's very fraudulent Defensive Player of the Year award, even though he's, I think he's really good defensively at what he does, but uh, I just don't think, I don't think the Celtics will miss him that much, because if he was the heart and soul, then whatever happened this year in the playoffs. And what happened last year uh, in the finals wouldn't have happened if he was really the heart and soul, in my opinion. Well, so. well no, we, we know what happened. Jalen Brown can't dribble left. That's what happened. Well, no, yeah, Jalen Brown can't dribble. Like, like, like put it out there. Like, you're like, listen, he, he can't go left. But, yeah, that, that handle is – it's interesting you say that, though. Um, you know, Marcus Smart, uh, like you said, very good defender. But if you look at what they lost to, they Steph and Clay. Stefan was left to clay, beat him down in the finals. And then, you know, Jimmy, still a wing player, uh, you know, took him apart. And it's just, you feel like Boston can score enough um, to where what Marcus Smart was doing wasn't really changing the outcome of games a whole lot. And so if somebody had to go, he had to be the guy to go. He was a great defender. Caleb Martin went and shot 71% from two. If he was that great of a defender. Hey, man, look, Caleb Martin <laughs> had He the turned game sliders up against us. He the flukiest flukiest series I ever seen in my life, dog. I've never man. I never would have guessed. Cause I, you know, you 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 kind of bet on like Max and, and Gabe kind of trying to go out there because they were starters. So you you kind of bet on, you know, in, in your mind, like, okay, they might get their couple shots off, hit a couple threes and stuff like that, but Caleb Martin was cooking, cooking them. And I, I still believe, you know, for the Eastern Conference uh, Finals MVP, he was right there with Jimmy. Uh, arguably nah, might have won it over Jimmy. Should have had it over Jimmy, you know. If it was the best of nine, he would have won it. Yeah, I mean, because he was. <laughs> more points. Because yeah. Jimmy, yeah, because Jimmy was, Jimmy had, you know, like, that's another thing I guess something we could kind of touch on briefly is how Jimmy kind of. I don't know if it was an injury in the finals or like or what, but he there was like a down 
downhill slope that he kind of went on as the playoffs went on. And I guess when you're the best player on your team, that take, does take a toll on you physically. Um, but Caleb, like I said, Caleb Martin uh, did his thing, got got the Celtics out of here. You know we was happy about that, Axe. The uh, last thing <laughs> I'm going to say about it is Martin Smart. Everybody talks about Porzingis and his health. Martin Smart misses about 20 games per year. So he missed 21 games this year. And the games he was out, Derek White was averaging 18 a game. What, so that is the element though that you that you just brought up. Derek White's uh kind of kind of fit into uh, kind of into the Celtics and their system and how they play. He seamlessly kind of moved in and he makes uh Marcus Smart kind of expendable. You can move him. Uh and I'm interested to see what Derek White does. I'm I'm not if I'm not mistaken, Derek White came from Yes, sir. In, in a trade. Yeah, okay. Okay, yes, mm-hmm. from yeah. San Antonio and, and just yeah. Like you said, he fits it. It's always interesting to me when guys leave San Antonio and seeing if he better fits elsewhere. Um, Because yeah. it's like, you know, he's not the way the system is set up. He's not 15 to 20 point guy in San Antonio because it's not what they were asking him. But yeah, he's yeah. great out there. Um, you know, that headband is going to move further and further back <laughs> every single year. But yeah, he's out there playing, um, you know, hustling, you know, key, key tipping, you know, to, to win an Eastern Conference Finals game. And like you said, the things that Marcus Smart does seem like they can be done by committee. And mm-hmm. so, Facts. you yeah. know, as opposed to having, you know, three guys that you're going to have to really pay to be there, you know, if you got a couple of guys who come cheaper, you can slide in and out. I think it's definitely worth it. Um, you know, he's not, he's not Pat Bev. He's not just running around, but I, again, I don't think it was changing the outcomes of games a whole lot. Like you said, he missed 21 games and they were the number two seed. So it's like. Derek yeah. White led our team in blocks. Not Martin Smart. Well, which is crazy that Derek White leads the team. That's, that's a problem. Block. And, and many other categories. Yeah, I would say that's, that's a lot. The guard play. Like, like Al Horford, what are you doing out there? Uh, that's why I've got Cardio. Yeah. Tom, Tom, Tom Lord Lord only played you know, 29 games, to be fair. Yeah, There's no yeah, reason he's so, got Porzingis. He's never healthy. Well, I don't, you know, I don't want to spend too much time on the subjects because we know actually right. we talk about the subjects all night. Yeah, we we, 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 we talk about this all night. But, uh, <laughs> There's an elephant in the room. Uh, shout out to Pigu for his hoodie. You, if if mm. you're listening, you you yeah. you can't see his hoodie, but uh, there's an elephant in the room. Um, I just want to say for one, I enjoy the Jordan Poole plays nice in front of the baddies uh, era, and he gonna be in DC, yeah. and I guarantee you, he they, yeah, he put him up baddies. Yeah, <laughs> thirty points a game <laughs> in the club every night. He's gonna be getting it. If you uh, thought John Wall was bad in D.C., you ain't seen nothing yet. And as someone who was outside for a good amount of John Wall's uh, D.C. club runs, uh, I'm, I'm going to be in D.C. a couple times, too. So, <laughs> <laughs> But Jordan Poole, who um, was, was a very integral part of Golden State's championship run last year, um, not so much an uh, integral part of what they did this season, um, although he had his moments. I think it was very interesting that he was his value seemed to be very low uh, when shopping for trades. We obviously know Mike Dunleavy don't really want to talk about that too much. He's a new general manager. He took over for uh, Bob, uh, Bob Myers, which we know um, Bob Myers stepped down uh, from being Golden State's general manager. And now it's Mike Dunleavy. And we knew that they were going to shake some things up. I thought 
I mean, obviously Draymond opted out. Draymond's probably Draymond didn't get no big money elsewhere unless he won't go, you know, to the Lakers on on a, on a vet minimum deal, which is very very possible with how he does things. But I think he's coming back to Golden State, um, and I think he's going to probably do a slightly team friendly deal um, because they don't have a lot of money. And Poole's contract kicks in, uh, I believe, July 5th or July 6th. And with that contract, that's another person you're paying $30 million a year. And Poole probably was not the guy who was going to lead them to the promised land in the future. So you kind of make a decision that let's, let's try to win now. However, when, you, when you're trying to win now, usually go get you a player that can help you win championship. And I don't think 67-year-old Chris Paul is who you trade for for $30 million. I just don't think that's who you trade for. Now, Chris Paul is a legend. Chris Paul is an extremely, extremely great point guard. Um, you know, one of the best of, of all time uh, at, at what he does. He's an amazing passer, uh, great from the mid-range. Um, and in his, in his prime, he was quite the uh, defender. <clears throat> and I think there was something to say he had a great defensive rating uh last last season or early this season but chris paul is as of right now it is uh 8 30 p.m eastern standard time june 24th 2023 he is a people you 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 can go ahead man i can't i can't even say it he's fucking washed he's like (laughs) that's that's really what it comes down and and now people are coming out and they're trying to justify the trade by going, well, Golden State's uh, training team could probably get them right. They got Otto Porter right. And I'm like, that's not the thing I want to fall back on. <laughs> like, first of all, Chris Paul plays slow, has always played slow. He's a very methodical, high basketball IQ player. He he thrives on the pick and roll, pick and pop, mid-range jumper. He He plays, to this day, a very 2003 game. The Warriors like to run, and you're going to have Chris Paul coming off the bench because he damn sure ain't starting, and you're going to have him come off the bench with Kamenga, Moody, all them young dudes that want to get up the court, fly up the court and get these alley-oops, get up above the rim. He's not going to be able to keep up. His hamstrings are going to pop off with the mere thought of it. Like I don't see how this trade helps the Warriors win a championship <clears throat> unless they're going to reroute him come July 6th. That's the only way this makes sense because everybody knows the Clippers were going after Chris Paul again for whatever. Like, there's no reason for anybody to go after this dude because he's not going to help you win anything. He's going to shimmy in Steph's face. His his fucking ACLs are going to blow off. Like, bad karma just follows this dude. Like, next year, you know what's going to happen? Draymond Green is going to request a trade two months into the season to the Lakers, and we're going to trade Draymond Green for 20 bucks and a bottle of Sprite. All because well, Chris Paul is on the team. Bad shit follows that dude. I I don't see <laughs> how this actually benefits the Warriors in the short term. In long term, yeah, you get you get his contract off the books next year. You can make a little little more moves. You have a little more flexibility financially as opposed to having Jordan Poole on the hook for 30, 32, 34 million, you know, coming up. But man, this is just this just look like a dumb move if they're gonna keep that dude. <clears throat> Now I will say real quick before I, before I get to Cam and X, um, you you said rerouting, uh, CP3, and I believe, in my heart of hearts, that is the the plan. Granted, Mike Dunleavy is an idiot, and I wouldn't trust him uh, with about anything. But I believe that has to be the plan because when Chris Paul got interviewed 
Um, they asked him, how did he feel? He said, you know, I'm excited. But the look in his face was the same look right before he, he uh, had, you know, left uh, Houston when they interviewed him about the upcoming season when, you know, like when he left LA, like he has a similar look. He's very, it's very hard to hide when he knows something's not going to go a certain way. So I believe the Warriors let him know, <clears throat> you know, obviously they're going to tell Chris Haynes and all the media, we, we're excited to have him. We're excited, da, da, da. But they just literally said we excited to have Jordan Poole for four more years <clears throat> and, and moved him. So I believe that this is a reroute. It might turn into a three-team trade or something like that. It might add some other elements to it because it doesn't take effect to July 6th. So there's a lot of things that can happen between then and now, uh, you know, now and then. So I do believe they reroute him mostly because of the fact I don't think there was – I don't think the Clippers wanted – if they were trying to make a trade with the Clippers, which was a rumor um, – there was a rumor that the Clippers did not find Jordan Poole's contract attractive. Now, <clears throat> I don't think the Wizards and the Clippers had anything that they could also come to agreement with. So maybe if Golden State stepped in, Washington gets Jordan Poole, young player, get you 2025. Clippers will eventually get Chris Paul. That means they'll have his money off the books. They'll probably get some draft capital uh, uh, as well. The Clippers de- desperately need draft capital going forward. Mm-hmm. And and so then that leaves the question of who would the Clippers send to the Golden State Warriors? Uh, we've talked about this privately, obviously, but um, I fully believe that if they were going to try to make a move and probably maybe attach a, a, a Moody or somebody else or maybe another piece to it or maybe some future a couple draft picks to it. But I think Paul George should be who if I'm Golden State. That's who I'm going after with Chris Paul. Granted, that doesn't sound like it would make a lot of sense for the Clippers. But the Clippers seemingly desperately want to work with Chris Paul. That's where he was initially going prior to this. He was supposed to get you know, bought out or waived by the Wizards and make his way to L.A. So I think Golden State just said, hey, we'll step in and we'll do this. And the trade will eventually go through July 6th. We'll make it match up money-wise because it doesn't match up money-wise right now. If they did it today, obviously they can't do it today. So I, I hope that's the that's the plan. But X... Um, X, how you feel about this, brother? How, how, how you feel about this, X? I'm surprised by the move, especially since I know Draymond's been vocal on most of the podcast saying he has a bad relationship with Chris Paul. Like, they don't get along at all. Um, Kind of question the fit. Like, people have said he plays at a slow, methodical pace. I can't see him, like, pointing and yelling at Klay Thompson and Steph on where to go like he does with everybody else. Um. It's just, I kind of question the fit. It could be beneficial. You got, like, just in case somebody gets hurt, you have a veteran presence to kind of set the table. But I'm interested to see how it'll play out with Draymond being back. I don't – it could benefit the younger players, too. Like, younger players kind of play well with Chris Paul. So Moody and Kaminga could thrive if they're still there as far as, like, getting set up in their spots in the half-court aspect. I don't know about – the fast break situations, kind of confused by the move, in all honesty. Cam, how you feel about it? When we were talking about Draymond earlier, I really feel like he would take a team-friendly deal because I feel like he's a guy, just with the fact that they kind of kept him over pool after the incident <clears throat> and weren't looking to move him then, and they know how many things run through him. I think he'd take something team friendly because I think he's going to be like a Zoe where, and like a Haslam where there's a job waiting for you as soon as this is over. Like you, 
you take a little bit of money now. We're gonna put you in a corner office somewhere, something that's not on the on the salary cap books, and you'll be taken care of. The Chris Paul thing is really interesting to me because, of course, my first thought was, okay, they're just gonna play them together. Then Chris Paul is gonna get a lot of assists, and Steph can run around. No, that's not gonna work at all. And then, do you want Chris Paul in charge of your young guys? You know. Um, if it's a situation where him and a Draymond don't get along, we see how Draymond treats the young guys. And Chris Paul is also a, you're not going to like me, but I'm going to get the most out of you. I don't know if those two guys have different philosophies, but also Steph being, you know, the guy that they have to keep happy, um, even though he's not going to be vocal about issues. I don't know if those things can really work out. Now, as fast as Golden State is, the Clippers are not. The Clippers want to play a half-court game. They want to play that with Paul George. When Kawhi is healthy, they want to do that. So that seems like a much more natural fit uh, for what Chris Paul could do. And even when Kawhi has been out, the really interesting thing, the guys whose names you don't know played well enough to where, you know, you can play off caliber teams. And so a Chris Paul, even at, like, it's funny, my, my high school reunion was two weeks ago. Chris Paul is six months older than I am. So, those are different miles Dang. on that body. Dang, exactly. exactly. <laughs> so those are different miles on that body. So I don't know how well he holds up, but if the Clippers are still with the idea that we just need to win enough games where when we can play Kawhi, we know we're probably going to win those games. If we can steal enough games to get into the playoffs, we'll roll the dice like they've been doing the last couple of years. So yeah. I could definitely see him eventually going out there. Um, and I can't really like, you know, I've always thought, well, what about Chris Paul in San Antonio? But I don't think Chris Paul, as much as Pop loves him, I don't think he'd be an extension of Pop. I think Chris Paul has a has a mindset of how he wants things to go. And at almost every stop, there was not a coach tenured enough to where what Chris said was going to be less important than what they said. He can't mm. do that in the San Antonio. He could pretty much, he, he, he could do it in Phoenix. He can definitely do that in um you know in an LA with the Clippers he absolutely can't do that at Golden State like there are four or five nah. reasons where that's just not going to fly and you don't all of a sudden fall in line at 38 years of age you don't change your ways you don't see the light like Chris Paul was basically uh Giannis going Superman away from winning a championship him doing it the way that he's always done it got them where they needed to go so he's not going to all of a sudden change that I, I, I 100% agree with you, which is why, like I said, I believe the plan has to be. I, I said this, I was actually talking to my grandfather about this because he was confused and he was like, I don't know what the hell they doing over there in Golden State. And, and I, told, I told him, I said, well, I think what this is, is I believe this is Chris Paul's uh, last season. I believe this. And honestly, I think this is, will be his last season. And I think he'll retire after this season. I think he must want to retire a Clipper. I don't see him retiring as a warrior. So I feel like Golden State is just the middleman that'll eventually get him to where he wants to be while also getting Jordan Poole off the books. I don't know what other players they have that are on like, you know, <clears throat> maybe one year, like one year left on their contracts. I don't know what Norman Powell's situation is. Um, Robert Covington, a couple other guys over there. I don't know what their situations are. I have to look at that. But there is a way where even if they flipped, uh, you know, Chris Paul for anybody. If it wasn't Paul George, there's still other players there. Like Cam just said, there were still guys who go out there and win games. So there are guys who, if you need bench help, because let's be real, the Golden State starting five is already set in stone. 
uh, they're not changing that. They, I mean, even last year, they had the best starting five, like plus minus the most of the regular season. It didn't really help in the playoffs, but you know, but you, when you have Steph, Clay Wiggins, Draymond Looney out there, is that they, they flow seamlessly. And so I think they might be looking to maybe just get some bench help, use Chris Paul to flip some bench help. And the Clippers have a ton of guys who can go out there and play off your bench, give you a good 20, 25 minutes. So I think they're just going to reroute Chris Paul. Um, I know for the Warriors fans, that I know it hurts. I know it hurts in the moment. I know it hurts because you nobody wants Chris Paul on their team right now when he's like 38, 30, going on. Well, I do Cam say he's six months, six months older than him. So I'm gonna say about 45, 50 around, <laughs> around there. But um, like I said, I don't think Chris Paul starts this season as a Golden State Warrior. I do not see that happening. Um, we got a lot of time in the rest of the offseason. However, I don't think I don't hold on before you move on because Cam made a good point about. Chris Paul being old and ornery and basically stuck in his ways. Like, it's two things with that. One, he ain't won no championship doing it this way. That nigga might have to humble himself a little bit if he's going to stay there. He might actually have to hold the L and change some shit up. But two, and the more likely scenario in this, because he ain't changing, like you say, he ain't retiring a warrior because his pride wouldn't let him do that. Steph been kicking Absolutely. his ass for years. He would he don't rather want- die than <laughs> retire a warrior. I don't think he wants to play in Golden State. I don't. He think, don't want to play with Steph. No, he, he doesn't. No. And 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 that's when he said in the interview, he said, "I, I talked to Steph." And I think he probably told Steph, right. "Nigga, ain't no way. Nigga, ain't, ain't no, no way." way. And not, Steph, not Steph, why we still replaying that highlight of that baseline shake. Nope. Yeah, but you know, Steph, Steph probably had the Thanos. You know, <laughs> he had the Thanos. Like, what did he just tell him me? earlier this season? This ain't twenty fourteen. No, twenty fourteen no more. And so, nah. So, like I said, I think they'll they'll reroute him. Um, but for right now, if you're a Warriors fan, um, I'm praying for you. You know, I'm praying for you. I'm, I'm, I'm praying for your sanity uh, if Chris Paul ends up staying. And I will pray for those Warrior fans, too. Since we've started, we've had a couple of run-ins. A couple of ghostly voices have joined us. Uh, Peagle from our wrestling podcast and a regular sports contributor has joined us along with Easy, who will be a regular sports contributor as well. Those are the two new voices that have joined since the chat has begun and since we started saying prayers for the poor, poor Warrior fans. I will say, listening to you guys, even as a casual observer of the NBA, I was immediately struck by the fit with Chris Paul as well and exactly the point that Peagle was just making in that how is he going to go to the Warriors and be out there screaming at people when they've won titles and he has not? That is a concern to me as well. Just as a casual observer right off the bat, that smacked me in the face. Like, I don't know how that's going to work out. Um, so we will be There's praying for them. There is an argument between Clay and Chris Paul back in, back in the locker room, and Clay's going to throw the four fingers up when they argue. <clears throat> let him know he and got Chris is going to want to fight. Yeah, <laughs> Chris is going to want to fight. And he's he going to get Rondo, though. I feel like yep. Clay might Rondo Chris Paul. We've seen how that happened. <laughs> when Chris Paul tried to get get big on somebody, but and Brandon Ingram, uh, Brandon Ingram too, right? Brandon Ingram too, rolled up on yep. him. If I'm not mistaken, I 100 believe Clay can fight. Clay probably the best fighter on his on the team. In my line of work, we call that the four zero rule. When it comes to an impasse, you say throw up four. It's the four zero rule. You say, what does that mean? I got four of them. You got zero of them. I'm right. Shut up. Yep. That's how that's gonna go? Mm-hmm. So we'll be praying for Warriors fans. Do we need to pray for Suns fans? If I had to guess, I'm going to say one thing. I'm going to pray for Suns fans when it comes to 
the defensive end uh, when it comes to the playoffs because as great as Bradley Beal is as a scorer, as great as Bradley Beal is, is getting to, to his spots, <clears throat> it's a lot different when you can go out and score 30 as a number one option on a bad team versus having to now be the third best player on another <laughs> on another team. And now you won't have the ball as much. Now you won't get to ISO as much. Now, you know, so it's I, I think it's different. I think we saw a while Bradley Bill and John Wall work together. And I think John Wall being the facilitator that he is helped make Bradley Bill's life a lot easier in a sense. But Bradley Bill numbers took off once once John Wall was gone. Bradley Bill averaged what 32 two years in a row or something like that. And you're not gonna do that with Devin Booker and Kevin Durant. Because simply put, you're not better than them. So you're not being better than them. That's going to put him in a different position. I'm interested to see how the how the fit works because I think I think you put people together and it's like, oh man, these guys all three can get thirty. Okay, cool. So <clears throat> when the Nuggets are playing against the Suns, that's going to be the bit marquee matchup. I feel like for the regular season, that's probably a Christmas game or something like that. So okay, you go against the defending champions. Uh, is Bradley Bill going to stop Jamal Murray? Is he going to guard Michael Porter Jr. when he gets hot? Uh, we know Devin Booker has took stride. He's, he's taken steps as a defender. That That's a fact. Um, Kevin Durant, as much as people might not want to admit this, he has absolutely lost a step. Yeah. And you you see it. And obviously it's not – I mean, it's not his fault. He's getting older. He is – he had an Achilles injury. I mean, it's expected. Now, offensively, he can still, he can still get you 25 or 30. That's KD. That's one of the greatest scores we've ever seen. Um, and, you know, shout, shout out to Cam, obviously, because Cam – uh, you know, Texas, Texas guy. You know, they went to went to college together. You know, Katie's old. Obviously, came older, <laughs> but but Katie's old too. He uh, was a freshman when I was a senior. I'm very old. Uh, shout out PJ Tucker too, because you got history with PJ Tucker too. Shout right? out to yeah. PJ, yeah, man. Shout out to Ken Solving Dorm, my man. Yeah. So no, so uh, but Shit, no, I probably ran into that nigga once or twice. <laughs> <laughs> PG County playing ball. PG County yes, ran into the motherfucker at least once or twice. Yeah, no, no, for sure. But no, I'm saying, man, like KD has losing a step for KD is interesting because we saw it happen uh, when he was in Brooklyn against the uh, against the Celtics in the first round that, uh, last year, where he couldn't get to. You know, before it was like KD's unguardable, you can't stop him, and then he was overthinking it. It's also a mental thing for KD too. I think as he's like a step slower, losing a step mentally, his, it throws his game off a little bit. And I wonder if KD gets slowed down in the playoffs and say, Devin Booker has an off night. Do we see, do we know Bradley Bill's history in the playoffs? Does he really does he have history really like that in the playoffs? I mean, even in those wizards years, the, the, the moments we remember are from all John Wall. So I I wonder, does this help in the regular season? Absolutely. I think it's easy to go ahead and, and, and shoot. You can shoot the lights out and win a ton of games in the regular season. But I don't think winning a championship is in the Suns' future, me personally. Because, once again, defensively, Bradley Bill, I don't think he can guard any of us, if I'm, if I'm being honest. I don't think he can guard any of us on this panel. And and that, in, that, in, that includes – uh, old man Cam, that includes me, asks all of us. I feel like Bradley Bill helps one area, but makes the other area worse. Mm. Because now you got somebody you can pick on defensively, even even more so. 
And Chris Paul obviously was terrible. Uh, was terrible defensively in, in the last couple of years. But I think he had moments where you know what he's capable of. Chris Paul's history is a all all defense. There's not an all defense in Bradley Bill's background. So uh, I go to Cam and what's your, what's your thoughts on this Bradley Bill trade and how do you how do you feel going forward for for the Suns? What do you see there? They're so We've seen this. We've seen this a few times with where teams who feel like that championship window is either closing because of age or closing because of contracts or personalities where they bring in um, extra guy, 20 point, 25 point a year guy. So I think the first team we really saw do it, you know, was the Lakers in what is it? Oh, four. They bring in Gary Payton. They bring in Carl Malone and you know, it it's, it's too little too late. Like even those guys can put up the points. They can't do a lot on defense. And between, you know, Gary Payton being an older point guard and Derek Fisher being good point guard, not great point guard, didn't work. Um, we saw with Boston, you bring in Ray Allen, you have Kevin Garnett. Kevin Garnett, you know, made the decision willfully to defer to the other guys, play more defense. Paul Pierce went out and got his. Ray Allen could spot up and shoot. And you had great point guard playing Rondo. You look at Golden State. You bring in KD. You got him. You got Clay. Not only is Steph thirty point a night guy, he's also the point guard. So this thing works with these, you know, between 20, 25, 30 point scores, having three of them on a team. When you have that that floor general to make everything work, when it's not just about getting that basket, Phoenix doesn't have that. You know. They, they definitely have three guys that can score. I mean, can book play point guard? Sure. But is that what you want him to do? Or do you want him getting to a spot and score? You know, um, are they going to score enough to make the playoffs? Of course they are. But I just don't see how with the, I mean, could they beat the Lakers? Yeah, probably. Maybe you got a LeBron's a year older. You don't know what you're getting out of D'Lo. If he's even going to be there. Um, can they beat a Denver like that? You know, with Jamal Murray back there, with Jokic pretty much running the point, you're not going to get another bad playoff run out of Michael Porter. So, yeah, I just don't see how it works without having a really good point guard in place. Um, I think they'll get to the playoffs, but that's about all they can do because when things get <clears throat> tough, another year of KD, a Bradley Beal who ain't been there, a book who was almost there, but, you know, Whatever he was doing, Giannis did more. I just don't see it working out for him. Uh, X, let me talk. Let me talk to you, X. How, how you feel about <clears throat> about the Suns move? What, what do you see as their ceiling? Um, probably Western Conference Finals at best. I don't really like their lack of depth. Uh, feel like it's a hole in the power forward position, unless they bring back Tory Craig for the low. Um, not really sure about the point guard play. Don't really trust campaign. As far as a distributor, uh, it'll probably be Booker because he has the better court vision than Bill, but he'll have his moments where he wants to get the shots up. Uh, Bill is kind of like a looter in a riot to me. Like, yeah, he can score, but as we mentioned earlier, <laughs> he doesn't really have memorable <laughs> playoff moments. Like, he's caught – he's been in health and safety protocols for about, like, eight times over the past two years. He's two years removed from, like, being fully healthy. Um, two years removed from the 30 points a game, too. 
Because, like, it was really Westbrook who got him in the playoffs last time they was there. That Westbrook was the one getting the triple doubles and playing at a high level. So, I mean, he's definitely the third option. Aiden still saw. Don't really trust him. I would try to flip him for bench depth if I can. Because he's still going to get bullied. I, like, you going to throw stocky-ass Ish Wainwright at the four? Like, what are you going to do? I'm I, I just not a believer in their lack of depth. And then Frank Vogel. Like, is he going to be the voice of reason? I know he he has good moments here and there, but when teams tune him out, they tune him out. Like, he's been in Lakers. a couple different spots. Lakers, Lakers, Lakers Magic. Lakers, prime example. Yeah. Yeah, Pacers, they all tuned him out after a while. So, uh, I, I'm not a believer in them. Like, good regular season team, the playoffs, they won't fold. I, I agree with you there. Easy, how you feeling? How you feeling about this, uh, this Phoenix Suns move? I feel the same way, bro. Like, why the fuck would you trade away a point guard that you're going to need for a person that just scores and, well, y'all just going to score 120 points a game? You think y'all going to beat everybody and shit like that? With no defense, no no bench? Like, come on. That's crazy. Like, if they they were smart, they should have traded, traded fucking um, DeAndre Ayton with his offense. But you know, it's what it is, bro. I, I I agree. I do think they should trade DeAndre Aiden. Uh, Peagle, how you how you how you feel about this man? I mean, that's a it's a second round team. It's a second round team with a second round coach and a second round roster. I mean, they like you said, they had no bench depth. They don't play no type of defense. This this move would have helped Bradley Beal if he went to a team that one had the bench depth and two played some type of defense. Because Bradley Beal can help you out as the third best best player on your team. Number one option, he's just going to get 30 and you're not going to do shit. But if you get him on a team where you don't have to have him really do shit, if I can put Bradley Beal in the corner and say, give me 20, which you can, put him in the corner and say, give me 20, he's going to do that. He's consistent enough as a scorer to make that happen. But the Suns, for one, I mean, Vogel's cool. He got that little bubble championship. But that was that was AD. Like, that was all AD. Vogel ain't do shit for that. He's not particularly a good coach. He's a good defensive mind. He can, he'll can he coach a defense up, but he don't have nobody on his team that is going to play defense. KD's past that point. When he was with the Warriors, he locked in on that end. Book's getting better. Bill don't play defense, hasn't probably since his second or third year in the league. And Lexi Brown already told everybody in front of the world. He saw, he has. He, he ain't got it. Aiden is not that dude. You know, you flip Aiden for a couple of seconds. That's the best you're going to get for him. Uh, maybe you can fleece somebody and give you a player just because he's tall. But like I said, that's a second-round squad. I mean, that's more success than the Suns have seen since the 90s. So I ain't even going to count the Steve Nash years because, you know, the the refs hold him on the Spurs thing. I know I, I know Cam feel different, but <laughs> <laughs> but they ain't really see no success. It don't matter. Like the Suns, the Suns really don't matter, man. It, like at the end of the day, this will be good for you know a couple Christmas uh, Christmas game, you know Martin Luther King Day game, something like that. You know, a little entertaining something in the regular season. But at the end, you know, by the time May and June comes, this shit ain't gonna matter. I agree. Uh, I agree. I, th- I think we all kind of we kind we all we don't believe the jig. We don't we don't we don't believe the jig uh, with, with Phoenix. I think, like I said, I think it'll be interesting to see how to how to how uh, entertaining 
it is in the regular season to see KD, Book, and and Bill. But um, I I don't see I don't see it being being a uh, a championship squad. Speaking of championship squad, of course, the Denver Nuggets are a championship squad. They won the championship this year, um, rather easily. It felt like uh, against the Miami Heat. Question for 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 everybody here, and I'll I'll start with Easy. What do you think Denver has to do in the offseason to get back to the championship? And what do you think Miami has to do to get over the hump? Well, for Miami to get over the hump, they have to go get a star player to go help Jimmy Butler out. They're going to have to get a point guard that's out there. Probably a D-Lo would definitely help them, especially on the office end, because they're losing Max Struess and they're losing – uh. Is it is it is they losing Caleb Vincent too? No two up for contract, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, Vincent the free agent, yeah. Yeah, Vincent and Max Cruz, right? Yeah. So both of them, <clears throat> they losing them. They gonna have to if they're gonna if they're gonna want to bring one of them back, they're gonna have to trade Duncan Robinson because that contract is fucking ridiculous. But they definitely need a point guard like Devo. I think Devo would definitely help them out. Now, for far as the Denver Nuggets, if they could keep their core group, they'll be fine. If they could keep their core group, they'll be fine. They're gonna have to. They're gonna have to sign Bruce Brown. They got to bring Bruce Brown back. And Michael Porter Jr. is going. Michael Porter Jr. Even though he his injury to his back is limiting him, he's gonna have to be better because that. Playoffs, his shooting and shit was fucking crazy in the finals. But off uh, or the boards, he was killing the shit. But yeah, if they ever keep their core group, they'll be back. Okay, X, how you feel about the? Uh, what do you think the Nuggets have to do to to go back to back? And what do you see? Uh, what do you think the Heat have to do to get back to where they need to be? Well, as far as the Nuggets, I think everybody outside of Bruce Brown is signed in twenty twenty five. So I think they're going to um, let uh, Braun, Brown, Christian Brown and uh, Watson play elevated minutes, too. So I think they're straight. They really don't have to do too much outside, maybe resign Bruce Brown, maybe get a backup big. But outside of that, they cool. They got their core intact in 2025. So no issues with Denver. Miami, honestly, they can go to hell. But don't be objective. <laughs> um, <laughs> I would say they should try to trade for uh, Dame Lillard if he's not available because he's, like, sitting here saying he don't want to play with the young boys. That's the topic we can get to later. But I would go after Levine if he's available. Like, you can't get Dame Lillard. They need another scoring punch outside of uh, Jimmy Butler and Bam. They would I, I, I agree. definitely like <laughs> I, I I agree with you on that. I, I definitely agree. Cam, how, how you feel about Denver? How you feel about Miami uh, going forward? I think, uh, you know, Aaron Gordon really proved to be a steal. Um, having him as your third or fourth option, there was nothing Miami could do with him on the interior. Um, and with that said, like, when you start looking at the teams out west, I don't know who can do anything with the two of them. Like you got a, a Twin tower situation in that, of course, you know, the focus is on Jokic, but Aaron Gordon, you know, we're talking about, you know, 
slam dunk contest legend in his own right. You know, um, he can get in there and work the interior. He can shoot the three. Um, it's so hard to do anything with both of those guys. Uh, like somebody said, I think Bruce Brown being there is super important, like having that outside scoring. Um, you know, he reminds me of, you know, uh, maybe a better version of what Patty Mills did for the Spurs in that when I look at that finals against Miami, whenever Miami, the, the 2014 finals, whenever Miami would start to creep up and start to go on a run, Patty Mills are coming off the bench, just hit two or three shots to really just stall that. And, you know, to a greater extent, that's what he was doing against Miami this year. Um, you know, whenever things would start to go Miami's way, he'd come in there, hit three or four shots and get them right back into the place they needed to be. So I think really, um, I don't know how much time they have on Aaron Gordon's contract, but if he can play that way and he can stay healthy, I think, you know, the scoring is going to come from Murray. Jokic is going to do his thing. I think with those three guys, even if they get a lesser version of Michael Porter, I think they'll be just fine. Um and like you said, with Miami, Miami has to get another guy. Like, it's great that they have this knack of developing free agents, but they've also never done that without two guys. Like, I don't – I'm somebody who remembers that 06 championship as Wade, 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 Wade. That was still a really good version of Shaq. Um, you know, it wasn't L.A. Yep. Shaq, but he was still really good. And so, you know, I don't know, you know – Tyler Hero is going to be back. Um, you know, he'll be healthy. Um, so so that's another punch. But they need a guy. Like, I like Bam, but as good as Bam is, what he contributed, as athletic as he is, good as he can shoot, it was nothing against Jokic. Like, nothing he was doing was stalling. It wasn't even canceling out Jokic. You can't match that production. So they got to get a guy out there on the wing who can, who can really score. Um, and not score in spots, but score consistently. Uh, Pigu, what's your, what's your thoughts, brother? I mean, short answer on the Nuggets is they ain't got to do a damn thing. Like, they, that that team is just – it's it's set to dominate, at minimum dominate, for the next three years, maybe four, depending on how things shake out. Um, we, I mean, you look at – I mean, even with Michael Porter Jr. and his issues with his back, he was still able to get off. I mean, he slowed down a little bit them last two or three games. But – if that's the worst your fourth or fifth best player is going to give you, you, you're set. Like Kev said, Aaron Gordon showed up in a way that we had never seen him in Orlando. I mean, it was basically all dunks and a few rebounds in Orlando. And the best thing about the Nuggets is, is that they're specifically built for the postseason. They can dominate the regular season, but they're built to win. Because when you get into the playoffs, the fact of the matter is, is the game turns ugly. And you need a bunch of dudes who's going to get ugly with everybody else. I'm going to put this body on you. I'm going to put this back to this basket, and I'm going to just go to work. And Jokic, he's going to put his body on you. He's going to go to work. Aaron Gordon has shown that if you put a small dude on me, it's a wrap for everybody. Because putting Gabe Vincent on that dude for consistent minutes was one of the worst things I've ever Fair. seen a coach that I consider great do. That was just all around terrible. So when you got a team that's already of that mindset, and on top of that, they fuck with their coach. It's very clear that they fuck with their coach from, <laughs> like, the beginning because they wasn't winning shit before this. And you ain't never heard nothing about people tuning him out or him losing the locker room, nothing like that. That shit goes a long way. For Miami, like you said, get, him, get a score. Get somebody else in there that can help Jimmy Butler because Jimmy Butler doesn't want to be the guy all the time. He wants to turn it on and be the guy. 
because if you get him going, you talk him shit, he'll he'll light your ass up. But he doesn't want to be that all the time. And that's fine. You know, sometimes it's okay to be Paul George. Perfectly fine. But Bam played the best out of anybody on that team in the finals. And like Cam said, it meant nothing. Now, the problem is Bam is not going to be the best player or the second best player on the team 60% of the time. So you got to go get somebody else because you can't depend on Duncan Robinson coming in and lighting stuff up. I mean, he was on the bench most of the season, never even saw the dude play. You know, Tyler Hero, cool. He might, you know, he probably give you 22, 24 a game, but he's still not that guy. You need somebody next to Jimmy Butler that can get a bucket whenever he want to get a bucket. Because defensively, they're going to do their thing. But, but Pat Riley got to wake up and stop trying to, you know, run the team like it's the 80s and 90s. He, he got to get this shit straight. Denver uh, was refreshing. Oh, my fault, true. No, no, you're good. No, I was going to say, like, I, I, I agree. I think just, just to touch on it, uh, you know, touch on it real quick, I think the only thing stopping Denver is health. Um, that would be the only thing, you know, and as uh, long as Jokic stays healthy, you know, uh, Michael Porter Jr. can can you know persevere. Um, you know, as long as their their core guys stay healthy, I don't think there's anything stopping them from uh you know from making it back to the finals. Uh, as far as Miami's concerned, I, uh, I'm I'm kind of with with what you asked on that they can go to hell, but only because of the fact the Bulls had a chance to beat them in the in the play in, and I, I and they let that slip away. So shit all over um, themselves. Yeah, yeah, that that was just yeah, but um no, but I, I do think it's obvious. I think it's obvious. Like a lot of these teams, you can look at and see what they need now. Before we get ready to close it out, I want to bring up a couple teams, and and actually before, before I get to that real real quick, I want to also point out that obviously we talked about Wimby and and him being drafted, uh, you know, first, but this draft had some some talented players, um. You know, even into the second round and, and late first round, some really talented uh, college players and, and you know talented players in general that are on teams. Obviously, uh, you know Brandon Miller went to the, the Hornets and uh, Scoot went to uh, Portland. Um, we'll see what the future holds for Dame Lillard as a, it pertains to that. Um, he's going to take a week to decide his his, which coincidentally coincides with free agency. But um, <laughs> so I think that's kind of funny. But uh, he's going to take a so week to make that his decision. Yeah, so we'll we'll see what happens there. But I wanted to touch on briefly a couple other teams that were close but didn't quite get where they needed to go. So uh, last thing here, uh, let's talk about the Bucks, Milwaukee Bucks. Chris Middleton obviously opted out of $40 million. Don't know what he was doing there, but uh, we'll see how that plays out. Maybe he's taking a team-friendly deal. Yeah, Golden State, obviously, they made a, a trade that we, we, we talked about and touched on. Um, you know, the Lakers obviously made it to the Western uh, Western Conference Finals. Um, and they 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 had a decent group there. For a lot of for all those teams that made the playoffs but couldn't quite get over the hump, what do you think these teams need to do? What what for Giannis, what does he need to get back to the finals or get back to the Eastern Conference Finals? Um in, in you know, teams like Atlanta who who made uh, the playoffs and these different teams and stuff like that. Like, what do you think these teams need? To get over the hump, and I'll uh, I'll start I'll start with Cam. Cam, what, what do you think these these teams that made the playoffs but couldn't quite? What do you think they need in this off season? What they what should they prioritize? Uh, like Milwaukee, the Golden States, the the Lakers, and 
and Atlanta Hawks and stuff and those teams. I think Milwaukee's going to need somebody in the middle. Um, so Brooke Lopez is a free agent now, right? Mm-hmm. I believe so. Yeah, yeah they're going to need somebody in the middle. I really think that um, as good as Middleton was, like Drew Holiday, um, you know, being out there in the backcourt, I think that that did wonders for them, like really brought them together as a championship team. They're going to need somebody in the middle. Um, who else were we looking at? Atlanta. I don't like Clint Capella. I just don't like Clint Capella. I think that he, I don't know if it's like his fault, but I think that being a part of that Houston system where all he had to do was block shots and catch alley-oops. Like, I just think that did like some something really bad for his development in a system where DeJounte Murray and, and Trey are going to get theirs. Like that's a backcourt that's going to get theirs. They're not looking yeah. to necessarily set him up. So I don't like him in the middle. I think they need, they need a big down there. Um, who else are we looking at? You know, we we've we definitely talked about Golden State. LA has to find a way to get young and get good at the same time. That being really both LA teams. And then I have no idea what New York's gonna do. <laughs> no idea what New York's gonna do. Like Jalen Brunson is way better than anybody thought he was gonna be. I I don't think I think Julius Randle peaked as an NBA, uh all NBA third teamer. I, I don't think that gets better. You know, Josh Hart, solid, Obi Toppin, solid, but I don't know. I just think that they're going to need to find a young guy who can get in there and do something. Um, I'll tell you what, I'm excited to watch Charlotte, though. Like, I really am excited to watch because it's it's LaMelo, and they took uh, – they didn't take Scoot, did they? They took uh, – They Mello. took Brandon, uh, Brandon Miller. Yeah, they took, yeah, I'm excited to watch those two, like, tall wings, really can get their own shot, really can score. I think they're going to be a lot of fun to watch. I, I agree, and and I, I like seeing a couple of those uh, comparison videos of Brandon Miller and Paul George because there's such it's it's a ridiculous. I mean, he said Paul George is goat, which is we ain't gonna talk about that. That's that is a that's a hell of a statement to say, but you know, them young boys don't know no better. So <laughs> you know, but uh, I think it's interesting. I, I do think Charlotte is gonna be a team to watch, uh, especially you know we look at the Eastern Conference. Uh, you know, to, like another team that made the play in was Toronto. You know what. What is Toronto going to do? Uh, Fred Van Vliet looks like he is about to opt out. I think he opted out or he's not uh, or he's a free agent. I, I can't remember exactly, but I know he's not, he's probably not going to be there uh, next year. So then, you know, do they need a point guard? I mean, obviously going to need a, a new, new point guard, need somebody to to help run the offense. Gary Trent Jr. is, um, I think, staying there, too. So that's Toronto. I mean, Chicago Bulls, I'm not going to speak on because who knows what the hell they're doing over there. Um you know, uh, Milwaukee. Yeah, I, I agree with Cam. Milwaukee needs somebody. They need somebody. And let me ask you, X. I, I I know you tend to not care too much about other Eastern Conference teams because you are Celtics to the max. <laughs> you are well, Celtics to the max. But what's your what's your take on all these teams that made the playoffs to play in, or or it, even? I'll ask you, I actually, you know what? I'll ask everybody this, and we can kind of just all go real quick. What do you think about Houston, the Houston Rockets and their future? Does anybody look at the Houston Rockets and say that's a possible play-in team? Uh, and I see Cam's face. That <laughs> His face looks like he like, nigga, please, no. <laughs> all right, I'll, I'll be quick with my Eastern Conference now, go to the West. Um, I think Milwaukee's old. They need to get younger players. They don't really have much talent under 25. They spent five second-round picks on Boss Man 99, and he had no impact in the playoffs at all. Um, 
I don't understand what's going on with Middleton, but they need to get younger. Um, Atlanta, they actually look better under Quinn Snyder. I think they need to move on from Capella and John Collins because Jalen Johnson and um, Okongu actually played pretty well in the second half of the season. Um, not really sure about DeAndre and Hunter. Not really a believer, but Bogdanovich is pretty good. They actually have talent. So Atlanta's going to be decent next year under qu- a full season of Quinn Snyder, I think. Um, the Knicks, I think they're going to be good. Jalen Brunson has pretty good chemistry with Randall. Um, it all depends on if R.J. Barrett makes the jump. Uh, my sleeper teams out the East, I think, is going to be improved and probably replace Toronto and Chicago. It's going to be Indiana and Orlando. I think both of those teams can make a leap next season, especially if Halliburton and Palo stay healthy. Um, very, very talented players that elevate their teams. Um, not really sold on Charlotte. Like, they'll get some points. I don't really see it translating to wins, especially with Steve Clifford there. Um, not sure about Donovan Mitchell is the number one option. He really disappointed me in the playoffs last year. I thought he was going to play way better than he did. And Houston, I don't think they're legit. They got too many guards. Like, Jalen Green's good. They still got Kevin Porter Jr. there. Jabari Smith, he played better second half of the year. But Eme ain't no miracle work. It's going to take him into them dudes. Pigo, how you feeling? How you feel about uh these other teams, brother? I mean, look, the quick answer for the other 29 teams in the league is get a big man that can play some defense. Because Jokic here. He ain't playing with nobody. <laughs> this, this is what it is. <laughs> like you need, you need a big man. You you need to stop playing like Miami. Get out these weak ass zones. Jokic ain't a big man that you can play zone in, and it's gonna work out. He will pick you apart. Like he's gonna do whatever the fuck he wants in the court. Get a big man that can stick with him. At least attempt to do something halfway decent with him, and just hope for the best. Specifically for a team, the only one I'd really like. I, I look at I look at the Lakers and I go trade LeBron. Get trade LeBron, get what you can get for him, and ride this AD shit out. I, you can't depend on both of them being healthy throughout a season. I would, I would rather bank on AD. LeBron's just he's he's old, and once your body starts to break down like that at that age, it's it's a wrap. Like there's, there's going to be more shit coming. LeBron has been superhuman injury wise, lucky in a lot of cases, and you know maybe you know some other shit, but. <laughs> you can't get to that point where you're damn near 40 and your groin's fucked up, your foot's fucked up, your ankle's fucked up. All of, he, That dude's put 250, 240, pushing that, you know, for 20 years. That shit's going to start affecting some shit. AD is shown throughout this playoffs, and I don't think – I still don't think he got the credit he deserved, even with the praise he got for how well he played throughout the playoffs. He, I think he could carry that team. They ain't going to do nothing. Second round, maybe Western Conference Finals. But you're going to have some success with him. Trey Braun, get what you can get for him and ride this AD shit out and then rebuild your team. But don't try to run this this shit back with LeBron and AD because it ain't going to work. Nah, I, I'm, I'm going to agree with you on, on the Braun thing. I think it's it's hard for, for that, you know, and I think we saw it for like Kobe's last couple years because he couldn't stay healthy either. And, you know, we, we, we love Kobe, but it was time to kind of, start focusing on the future and the Lakers just couldn't find a way to make it, make it happen. I feel like, you know, LeBron can only give you but so much at this point. We talk a year 21, he'll be 39 in a, in a couple months. Um, Father time is always undefeated. He hasn't had a fully healthy season. Uh, I believe honestly, since he got to the Lakers, except the bubble year, but they have four months 
uh, of a break in between that. So I, right. I agree. I agree. Right. I, I don't know if they're going to trade him because the the world would melt down if <laughs> if a team traded LeBron. The world's already melting down. I'm just add to it. Yeah, I mean, I just, I just don't, I just don't see that uh, happening. But I, I do agree. I think, uh, as as far as far as the Lakers go, it's, it's AD. AD's been the most important player for them. He hasn't be, been healthy, and he haven't had much success. When he was able to be healthy enough for postseason, what happened? He ended up getting to the uh, Western Conference Finals. But I, I agree. Y- y'all need a big man now because Jokic is here. Jokic ain't going nowhere. He didn't got to chase a championship gold. And when you win a championship. Every, your confidence is different. When you win, you, everything is different. So um, I agree 100% on, on that. Uh, I know we're probably running a little low on time here. So I just want to say uh, one one last question for everybody. One team, if you can have one team that you're going to watch closely that nobody's expecting, is there any team that nobody's expecting to be good that you like, they're going to make that leap this year? Uh, X, who you, you you got? You got any any team, any one specific team that you Orlando in Indiana? I'm gonna stick with both. Orlando and Indiana. Okay, you gonna stick yeah. with those? Okay. Uh, easy. Who you got? <clears throat> Low key, I would say the Cavs because they got a, a dominant score coming out of college that people really don't know about. And Monty Bates is a certified bucket. People don't know about him. And they're gonna put him in the three at the three spot. That's gonna be a little bit scary. And I'll say my team too, because we gotta <clears throat> we gotta steal. The Nets gotta steal in Dakari Whitehead, who was also a certified bucket, and nobody really know about due to his <clears throat> his injury in college. So I'll say the Cavs and the Nets. All right, Cam, who you who you who you got? Who you watching this year? I hate to be a hometowner, but outside of Wimby. Uh, we signed Serge Barry Rice to a two-way deal, a player from Texas. Um, I think he's a guy that, that can just get buckets. And so to see him, I think he's going to turn that two-way into a regular contract um, and really average like 15 a game. I think he's going to be a really good scorer. Uh, played five years in college, but can really score the ball. So him specifically, Serge Barry Rice, I'm excited to watch him play. Peagle, who you got? Hornets. It's crazy, man, that nobody mentioned my pick at all, which is Oklahoma City Thunder. I think SGA is amazing. We finally get to see Chet healthy. Uh, Josh Giddy is, I mean, he he he's a he's a damn good player. So I like everybody else's, um, you know, every, everybody else's picks, but I'm going with the Oklahoma City Thunder. Um, I I see them becoming a playoff team, maybe a play in team as well. It's no way to tell. Uh, no way to tell how, how far their ceiling is, but I'm going to be watching them. I just want to say once again, shout, shout out to everybody, man. And and shout out to everybody who uh, took time to be on this pod, man. Uh, Axe, obviously, Axe is a, a longtime DAR member. For those who don't know, when DAR music started back in 2013, 2014, Axe was one of the first rappers with myself and my brother Apollo, who will be on one of the next pods that we do um, for sure. And same thing with Easy. Easy was around at that time as well. Uh, so big shout out to them. Make sure you follow X at Unstoppable X on Twitter. Uh, Easy's I, Easy changes his Twitter so much. I don't forget his Twitter, so I don't know <laughs> uh, his Twitter at all. But of course, well, for anybody who sure. doesn't know, those two, along with especially Apollo, uh, they know a little more than 
the average guy on the street when they're talking about this stuff. I'll probably be referring to it on Twitter a little bit. Those guys are plugged into high places that relate to basketball. I'll just say that. Um, they might not have time for us someday down the road. I'll just say that as well. So well, when those, well, guys, those guys speak up, <laughs> listen. I'll put it to you like this. Apollo, uh, that's been my brother for 25 years. I've known him for 25 years. We we in this thing together. And uh, so very soon this DR Sports Media will be in many – many different places um you might even see us in some media scrums <laughs> uh you know hope hopefully those media scrums go a little bit uh easier than most media scrums tend to go but um no nah, like i said i'm um i can't wait to have my, my brother apollo on here um you know we finally get to talk with uh, talk sports with him uh big shout out to cam man big shout out to seahawk that is that is my that is my another one my one of my dogs, um, you know, last few years we, we, we became, came, came real cool. So I'm really excited, uh, to have him on here. I'm pretty sure we're going to have him back on, uh, in the future as well. Talking about that, uh, talk about that right now. So, um, make sure you follow him at Seahawk. Um, he needs, really as if no anybody him. listening to this yeah. isn't already following him. Yeah. Like, yeah, yeah. Everybody, you know, uh, but yeah, shout, shout out to Cam. Make sure y'all follow at DAR Sports Media. I'm sure you probably are already, but tell a friend who knows somebody who knows somebody to follow at DAR Sports Media. We got a nice sizable audience on that account uh, already. Um, but um, of course, everybody knows uh, DAR True God. Uh, you can follow me uh, at your own discretion. You know, I, I get a little crazy on Twitter sometimes. Um, yeah, man. Uh, think, I think, that's, think that covers everybody. Uh, Oh, DefineRevolution.com. We will have some more content this week. Please stay tuned. Eric, take it away, brother. Axe and Easy, those are going to be our sports contributors. Great guys. Peagle, look for his video game podcast in his Twitter bio, and he'll be on there with Wrestling Sports with us. Cam Hawkins, of course, writer for The Ringer, host of the South Congress podcast. A reminder. That the world of DAR, sports media, never stops. Facts.